How many of you want God to speak to you today? Hallelujah. Brother Cook, God bless you. We want you to take your liberty in Jesus' name. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord, everyone. Lord bless you. You may be seated. What a delight it is to be at the Lighthouse today with all of you and worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. My wife and I are so happy to be here with you today. We, don't, we want to redeem the time, uh, not keep you all day. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And uh, I'm already hungry, so we won't be long. No, I'm uh, I kind of have a habit of keeping you up to date on the time as I sing and preach. Not because I don't think you know. I know you know. But I've discovered you feel better knowing that the preacher knows <laughs> what time it is. Amen. And um, I uh, thank them for grabbing the stool for me. Uh, now, let me just take a few minutes and get acquainted, and then we'll see what the Lord has for us. Is that okay? Amen. All right. Just seeing if y'all's listening out there. I, uh, I'm sitting down some. I'll be up and down. I'm going through some back issues. It doesn't hurt me to sit. It doesn't hurt me to lay. It doesn't hurt me to lift heavy stuff. None of that hurts just standing. And it just gives me major pain. So I use this to get a little relief once in a while. And I mentioned that to a congregation recently. And a brother come up to me after church. He said, he said, Brother Cook, I know what that is. I said, what is it, my brother? He said, it's your psychotic nerve. <laughs> I said, you may be on to something. And uh, I knew most of us had a sciatic nerve, but apparently some folks have a psychotic nerve. And frankly, I've been around a few that with a satanic nerve, but I hope they're not here today. But uh, so forgive me for sitting a little bit. I, uh, well, you're sitting, so we'll be all right. But, uh, but it's such an honor to be with you and uh, be with Pastor Buford and his wife and family and the Lee family, and uh, I don't know if I can get by with saying Elder Buford and his wife. You know, I was kidding. I was, I was giving him grief this morning because I looked on my online UPCI directory, and there's one page his name's on there three times. And then, oh, I mean, I, I didn't know I was setting such the presence of such greatness this morning, but, but he, I appreciate he and his wife and and other officials across the audience that I know and friends. I can't see a lot of you right now because I've got these spotlights in my eyeballs. Uh, but uh, so happy that you're here. I'm a little uh, hesitant today. I don't want to talk all day, but i like to get to know you a little bit. First of all, you've been welcome. But if you're a guest, we're so thrilled you are here. And thank you for coming. <clears throat> And I want to make sure to mention that because I want you to for sure 
return and come back when you'll hear the pastor minister. Today you're kind of stuck with me, but come back when you get some good preaching. He preaches so much better than I do, but I'm twice the guy he is. <laughs> and uh, so thank you for, for being here. And uh, second, I'm passionate about a few things in my life. I'm passionate about the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm passionate about my family. I have my wife with me today. We've been married da, 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 35 years. And uh, we think we're going to try to stick it out. And uh, we are blessed. I'm from southern Missouri, a little place called Kennett. Most of y'all not aware of where Kennett. Most people in St. Louis don't think we even wear shoes down there. But, but we do. And we have wonderful watermelon down there. I don't live there any longer. We live in Louisiana where we have wonderful crawfish. And other kinds of delicacies. Louisiana is about last in everything in America. Them in Mississippi battle it out every year. For the lowest in education, the lowest in highways, lowest in wages, lowest in this. But Louisiana is number one in eating. It's got the greatest food in America. If you don't believe me, I present to you Exhibit A. Hallelujah. My wife is not from Missouri. She's from Michigan and raised in Michigan, but God set her free and delivered her. And um, so we are happy to be here today. I'm passionate about my family, my wife. We have one, one son. His name is Benjamin. He has a wife, and now we have a one-year-old grandson. Woo, man. That changes your life right there. And so we're, I'm passionate about God's people smiling. Just getting acquainted here for a minute. We need to learn to smile. Hello? If you surveyed Pentecostal people, we would tell you we are not unhappy. We just look like it. <laughs> and it's because we don't think about it. You have to learn to intentionally smile. I don't smile because I'm always happy. I smile because God is always good. And so I put my number 13s on the floor every day and, this, and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will. I will. Not I might or if the... You know, I read something the other day that really provoked my thinking. It said this, listen, it said, did you really have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes and milk it the rest of the day? Well, I've done that before. I'm telling you, every, and maybe it's just that person. I tried to have that perspective all the time, but after going through the life-threatening situation that I went through with COVID and God brought me through and out of that hospital and made me healthy again. I don't undervalue any day that I'm here. Life is short and every breath is sweet. This is the day you ought to, change, you ought to choose to be happy and joy. 
So I'm passionate about that. God, I could go on on that. And I'm passionate about music. I love music. Music is soulish. I love music. I like different kinds of music. I tend to sing a more traditional or southern style. Some people like that. Some people don't. That's okay. I do not come from church to church to participate in the music wars. I've seen young folks pout while the old folks sing their kind. And I've seen old folks pout while the young folks sing their kind. And they're both wrong. Because somewhere along the line, you started worshiping your style. And we're not here to worship a style. We're here to worship a Savior. I told pastor on the front row, I said, I'm thinking about backing out of preaching and singing this morning. He said, why? I said, I didn't know there'd be this many young people here. I said, they don't like my kind of singing. He tried to comfort me, but I knew it wouldn't make him, it wasn't right. But I, I'm not here to try to convert you all beautiful young people to my style of music. If you'll just worship the Lord with me, that's okay. Hello? I'm serious. You'll be hard-pressed to find anyone that promotes and pushes young people giving their talents to the Lord any more than old Stan does. You don't have to do it just like me. I have the philosophy that if the church doesn't make place for that type of gifting, the world will be happy to. So yours may sound a little different. And I know I, I'll try not to hit you with any too strong stuff today. I don't want you to hit the dashboard too hard. I'll try to break it to you gently. But I, I, I've, I've started tracks before, a song. And I've watched the faces of young people kind of melt like a styrofoam cup in a fire. Mm. I've seen their disgusted look, and I know they're just despising it. I don't get that upset over that. I know how they feel. It's the same way I feel. When I walk into a meeting, and somebody gets the mic, and they say, I want to shout a little louder than before. I just want to beat my head into the pulpit. <laughs> but I worship. Of course, I realize that song's not cutting edge anymore either. But I'm just having a little fun with you, all right? You get the point? Church I grew up in southeast Missouri, we had country flavor. You had fiddles and mandolins and upright basses. And, and they sang, I saw the light. Now, the problem is a lot of those senior saints would try to convince you that songs, that every old song is better than any new song, which is not true. Every era will have songs that stick. The rest of them will slide on down the wall. Blessed assurance, how great thou art, they will always be classics. They've stood the test of time. But to act as if nothing that's written now won't, will never be a classic is, is really not, I'm not saying it in the way that it's stupidity, but it's ignorance. Because we don't know what time will say. I'm telling you as a 50, almost 59-year-old guy, 
this song that's going around that all my life you have been faithful I can't get past the first line all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I don't care how old you are if that don't touch your heart. See, it's not about our style. It's about the message of the song. And so, if it's not your style today, just hang on and, and, and just, just maybe whoever's coming Wednesday, you'll, you'll like him. <laughs> we, when I grew up, I know and spent a little time, it's 12, 17. Uh, we, we used to have specials. Anybody grew up in church where they had specials? Some of them were special. <laughs> and we had, we had a couple ladies in our church. True story. I'm not making up. Do you, you raised in church, you don't have to make up stuff. And their names was Dolly and Goldie. And they sang a duet because there was two of them. And, and they sang, Elijah prayed and the fire came down. That's an old song. How many's ever heard of that song? Anybody? I see one hand back there. Two hands. Three. Only they didn't sing it like that. They sang, Elijah prayed and the far came down. <laughs> and us young people used to snicker and make fun of them because they said far instead of fire. Till I started singing myself. And I started examining what it took to be used of God. And I got to thinking. Every time they sang, the far fell. So before I got too critical, I, want to, I might make sure there's some far falling when I sing. Hello? And we had, oh God. I don't know why I get into this. I know a lot of churches are built on wonderful music, but they'd sing, and ever, ever, maybe your favorite song, probably Brother Buford's favorite song. But they'd say, What a beautiful thought I am thinking. You got to drag it out like that, you know. I am thinking. Anybody know what song that is? It's concert. Speckled bird. I never did like that song. It may be your favorite song. I wish they'd shot that bird. I know where they say they get it in the Bible, Elder, but it's weak theology. But the point is, we had church. Hello? So I've been, I love music. It's soulish. But don't overestimate the fact that it's the style that makes the difference. It's not the style. I love music, but I've been in services where no one could play an instrument. But yet, the anointing came in while we sang. I've had places where, and I love instrumentation, and yet the anointing came in while we sang. It's about what we give unto the Lord as worship. So I'm just playing with you a little while, and i got to stop and sing. I've stalled as long as I can. 
I was going to tell you here before, I, well, let me go ahead because I don't want to have to break in here and give a commercial later. We ought to take about 15 minutes here and invite people to come out to my table. It's in this entrance area over here. If you go out that one, go out this one. If you came in that one, go out this one. If you came in this one, go out that one. And we ought to take about a 15, 20-minute break and go out there and see if we can sell anything because I always sell more before I sing than I do after. <laughs> but, but I have 10 different CDs back there, and young people say, what's a CD? You, you know, see, we have CDs out there. And I told them at supper last night, sometimes I, I have the young people come up, and, and some people come up and say, Brother Stan, when are you going to record some music the young people like? You know what I say? I say, young people ain't got no money. <laughs> they stream everything for free. They're shouting on the credit. <laughs> uh, I love young people. I really do. I remember once upon a time I was young. What's your name, sir? Rody or Brody? Brody, how old are you, sir? 12 years old. Man, how old are you, sir? 19. What's your name? Grant. 19 years old. Unbelievable. I got food in the refrigerator that old. It's kind of blue like your suit or black, you know, or black. I'm, I'm sure the folks will have to beat Brody and Grant away from my table while they're trying to buy stuff today. But, but I do have 10 different CDs back there, one for this, two for that, three for that, four for that, whole collection for a certain price. Check, cash, credit card, we'll fix you. Also have a brochure there about a wonderful event coming up this September, Lord willing, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, three nights of all apostolic singing. If you'd like to be a part of that, see that brochure at the table talk to us lastly I don't normally do this but this quick but I just get it out of the way since we've been talking to tag on to that Louisiana eating thing the only thing I carry besides our music is a wonderful delicacy from Louisiana I know they make them all over but they're not the same these are fresh made just picked them up Louisiana creamy pralines most people would call them pralines Louisiana calls them pralines, and they'll make you feel good. You need to get some of that candy before you. But thank you for having Are we okay? It's 1223. Now we can just, are y'all going to make it the next 30 minutes? You think you can survive? Mm. Is that Brother Harpo? Hey, good to see y'all. Glory. Wonderful friends. Is that Brother McDaniel back there? Good to see. Oh, Daniel, not McDaniel. McDaniel's a funeral home where I come from. Sorry to get them. <laughs> Don't want to get those messed up, do we? <laughs> oh, glory. Help me, Jesus, brother. Help me, God. Well, the Lord is good. I guess I've stalled all I can. Let's see what the Lord will do for the next few little while. Is that fair enough? God is good. I don't claim to be a great singer, just a great big one. 
And, uh, but I love the message and I love the gospel. Thank you for our sound man back there. He's going to help us. He's got the easiest job in every church. All he has to do is please every one of us every time. Hello? How long has it been since you stopped by and said thank you to people that run sound and visual and all that stuff? They usually only hear from us when we don't like it. Let's see if I said everything he told me to say. I get it? All right. Thought I got it. You want to make friends out of the sound man, he can kill you. But uh, thank you. And he'll, he'll adjust it as need. But if you'll just focus with me for a little while. And let's see what the Lord will do in the next few moments of time. Jesus, I love you. In holy pages, this truth can be found. A promise to stand on when darkness abounds. Oh, right never loses and wrong.
here because we deserve it. We're here because of the grace of God. Twelve thirty. I I remember. I may mention this in a little while. If it goes that way, if not, it's okay. Just hang with me a little bit. I remember working at a little radio station in Kennett when I was 19, 20, 21, and two, somewhere around there. It's been so long, I forgot. Small town radio. You did everything. I had an air shift. I did the billing. I did the accounts payable. I did the accounts receivable. I did the payroll. I did all kinds of stuff. Took out the trash. Powerful things. And they had a little speaker in every room in that so you'd know if you're still on the air, you know. And I was in the office one day, Pastor, and it was years ago when... All the music arrived in, in the form of little 45 records. And so I heard a song come on there. I didn't play it. I was in the office. But I heard a song, and I recognized the voice. It was a country station. And I recognized the voice, but I'd never heard the song. And the voice was a guy by the first name of George and the last name of Jones. I never met him, but I heard he pastored over around Nashville somewhere, you know. But, um, but I knew enough about him to know you can't preach on most of his lyrics. <laughs> except what not to do. But I'll be swan. He was singing there, and somewhere in that song, I heard a phrase. I said, good Lord, have mercy. I could preach that. And I, I don't remember the whole song because I wasn't necessarily a fan. But I remember the lyrics that simply said, if my memory's calling it out correctly, it simply said, the only thing different between a sinner and a saint, one's been forgiven and the other one ain't. I thought, Lord Almighty, I can preach on that. Because there are people that weekly, every week, sit in atmospheres like this. And they look at some of you and they say, if I could only feel like I, had, I was that close to God. If I could only feel like I got it together like they seem to have it together. But, but the adversary makes them think it's such a long distance between where they are and where we are. Because they fail and they do it. I want to tell you something today. It's not that big a distance. It's one good trip to Calvary. It's one good washing in the blood of the Lamb. We all have sinned and gone astray. None of us are here because we're so holy and righteous that we deserve to be here. We're here because of the blood has covered our sins. Mercy kept us from what we deserved. And grace continues to give us what we don't deserve. Amen. So I'm thankful for the grace of God. I, can't, I don't have time to preach between every song, but I, I feel pretty good. Only problem is I'm the only one feeling good. That's when it's dangerous for you. I started singing one night or one day and uh, trying to fit it all in, preach some, sing some, do what I felt. And I sang about three songs and I started preaching a little while. Before I started preaching, the pastor hollered out to me from the front row. He said, he said, sing a few more. He said, we're paying you by the song. 
I said, we're fixing to be here a while. <laughs> don't mess with me. You know? No, I don't want to keep you all day. But I love church. I love this time together. I really do. It's not a drudgery for me to come to church. I was raised by wonderful parents that were Christians. Not preachers, but wonderful, wonderful examples. I was blessed to never hear profanity in my home growing up. I never, I, I never had to smell cigarettes in my home. I never had drugs in our home other than aspirin. We took them in Jesus' name once a while. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that we didn't have, but there's some things we didn't have I'm very glad we didn't have. i tell you something else. I never heard, Brother O'Daniel, in my home on a church day, I never heard my father say or my mother, are we going today? It wasn't an option. If it was church time, we were going. Now, I'm not so radical to say if your kids run at 105 temperature, don't bring them to church and bless the congregation with it. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. But this is a wonderful place to gather together. And there's a beautiful presence of the Lord in this room right now. And I believe with all of my heart that we will be touched by his presence before we leave this place. He's as close as the mention of his name. I preach sometimes. I'm not a great preacher, but I preach sometimes a little message called the Christ of the cry. Praise will get his attention. Touch the hem of his garment. That gets his attention. But nothing moves God like a cry. And if you're here today and you have a need, I feel confident in telling you. <laughs> feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you'll call out on him, he will respond to your call. Thank you, Lord. The disciples were getting concerned. The wind started violently blowing, but he was asleep in the stern. Does he not care that we perish? We're helpless and we're so afraid. Jesus arose when they called him and said to them, Where is your faith because you prayed all night cause you've held on with all of your might child your cries have awoken the master oh he knows your voice lift your hands it's time to rejoice Child, your cries 
set in I don't want to put you to sleep my pastor kind of taught us all of us young ministers he looked us straight in the eye and he said if folks can sleep while you preach and sing they deserve the nap (laughs) he said you ought to be saying something Well, let me just for nostalgia's sake uh, sing a little bit of a song. I'm not offended. I I still go places. Notice you didn't do that, and thank you. I'm not offended by it, but a lot of times people still get up, and they mean it well, and they'll introduce me and say, sung with the Magruders for a long time, and I watch 90% of the congregation say, they don't know who the Magruders are. It's been a long time. But back... Uh, before the flood. Um, 
I used to sing with a singing group back when the Dead Sea was just sick. And, and, and we traveled the country and we sang. And it was Brother and Sister Magruder, pastor in Kennett, Missouri, and myself. And, uh, and so we, we went all across the country. God was good to us. And we had a song uh, that sometimes, I'll just see, maybe some of y'all will recognize. It doesn't tag really into the first two songs I sang. But uh, let's just, I, I need to pick it up a little bit here because some of you are looking a little puny. And so we need to. Most places I preach on Sunday, I wish they'd pass Mountain Dew out at the door. I love Mountain Dew. I know it's not good for me, but I know if I drink it, if the anointing don't kick in, the caffeine might. And some of y'all could use an IV of it. But let's just see if anybody, Pastor may have to help me. Do you, do you sing, Pastor? Can he sing? Sometimes I'll have a pastor help me, but the problem is then they want part of my sales, and I ain't going to give them part of my sale. <laughs> Let's see if anybody remembers this one. Huh? I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye, and I've made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment, or I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when He calls His church away. I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. From a place called Calvary By the precious blood of Jesus The trip's been paid for me I'm a going home with Jesus In the twinkling of an eye
That's enough. That's enough. Whew. If you ain't got the point by now, you ain't going to get it. Whew. You, want the, you want the rest of it? It's on the CD. All right, be seated. Whew. I need some Geritol. Hey, it is a little bit of nostalgia, but the truth is he is coming. Now, I know we're bump, bumping up against the clock here. We're starting to lose some. Uh, but, but do what? Hey, by the song. I really don't mind that as long as I know what the amount is per, per song. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Some of y'all don't like the preacher talk about giving. You just go to work for fun yourself. Uh, no, I'm just messing with you. I've had them. You ever preach somewhere, Brother Buford, and, and the pastor kind of comes up alongside you and kind of incognito or whatever, and you just kind of reach in and stick something in your pocket like the folks don't know you're going to get a check, you know, and they just. Well, the one did that one night. I was only about 30 minutes from my home. I got home. I was taking my suit off to hang up. Took that out of my pocket, and it was his list for going to the lumber yard. <laughs> so many two before, so many this, so many that. I didn't bother. He, he called me the next day. He said, I think I gave you the wrong piece of paper. I said, I don't think you did. I know you did. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get you a list for the lumber yard today. But we just have a little fun. Is that okay? Hey, I'm going to tell you, this world will wear you down. It's okay to have the joy. I don't sing always because I'm happy. I sing because I have a song. And you can sing a song even when you're not happy if you have a song. And uh, so while that does bring back some wonderful memories for me, the events of our day should bring to our attention that we are living very close to the coming of the Lord. I won't get too sidetracked here. But at the tomb of Jesus, the angel looked at the women and said, I know why you come here. But he is not here. He is risen as he said the message of Easter to me is I told you so I preach that most every Easter I told you so several times he told the disciples what he was going to do but they didn't grasp it I'm not sure we would have it's easy to condemn them he told them on the Mount of Transfiguration don't you tell nobody of this until I be raised from the dead he told them they'll destroy this tabernacle in three days he told them but they didn't get it but the point was Jesus didn't raise from the dead just for something to do Jesus rose from the dead because he had told them he would and so the message of Easter is so powerful to me because if he would have not risen from the dead then I could not have trusted him to do anything else he said 
but because he did what he said he would do, then you, he should have credibility with us. And we should believe. They didn't believe. But then when he told them to go to Jerusalem, they, they went. Now, there were so, still hundreds that didn't go. But those guys went. And he poured out his spirit. Now, my point to you, brothers and sisters. I've heard since I was so spiritual. I mean, I went to church nine months before I was, I was born. <laughs> and I'm almost 59 and all my life I've heard it preached about the coming of the Lord but I can give you one assurance that he is coming why? because he said he would so don't be weary because it hasn't happened yet he said he would raise from the dead, and he did. He said he was going to send back the comforter, and he did. And he said, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, don't be weary in well-doing. He is coming because he said he would. I don't know what will happen between now and then. I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in Ukraine today. I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in Russia today. They're also in a lurch. Hello? I don't understand all this. But I know that he knows. And so I don't know what you and I will even face before his coming I know life sometimes is, can be challenging oh I'm bumping up against that clock I'm trying I'm trying to follow what I feel it's not always smooth sailing in this life I love life I love living I love people yes I've been disappointed by people but I'm not going to live my life jaded and cynical because someone disappointed me. You'll miss a lot of joy doing that. It's just a part of life. The Bible says it like this. It rains on the just and the unjust. That's the way St. Louis people read it. In Kennet, we read it like this. Sooner or later, everybody going to get wet. Hello? It's just, we're not exempt from trouble because we're saved. It's life. But when you look back down over those challenges and disappointments and struggles, you will see where he was with you. It may take me up to one to finish this song, and it's really not a Sunday morning song because it's too high. And so if I don't reach it, I let the background singers do it. That's what I pay them for. But I feel like singing this. And if you'll let me, I may preach eight minutes, eight to ten minutes and, be, and get out of Dodge. We may be a little over. Can you, can you handle that? Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that underwhelming. 
I'm going to sing to this side. They were a little more affirmative. I learned as a young man, if you're, if you're a singer, I'm not an expert, but I've done this a long time. If you're a singer, a public speaker, a preacher, learn this early in your ministry or career. Make eye contact with people and find you somebody that seems to be halfway enjoying what you're doing. Because if you lock eyes with a sourpuss, you will rake the whole congregation over the coals. And you don't want to do that. So if you see me not looking at you. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You know, I love what Cheryl and I get to do. I know I'm old to still be on the road. But we love what we do. The only downside to what I do is I get to be with you just a short time. And then it's on down the highway. That's not bad at every church. <laughs> but it's bad at some. Hello? Don't act like you're so high and mighty. Some of, all y'all got a relative. The only time you like it is when you see their taillights go down your driveway on Thanksgiving and you know you won't see it till next November. But I miss, and it's not nice to invite yourself back, but I've not always been nice. And so I'm going to invite myself back. That doesn't mean I have any clout, but I hope we get to come back. I mean, anybody that I have Jeremy Hart for multiple services should have me for more than one. <laughs> Jeremy is my friend. We've been friends a long time. He used to stand, he, he probably wouldn't want you to know this, but he would used to stand up in the middle of his bed and hold something for a microphone and pretend to be me. He'd kick his leg like I, I don't kick much anymore, afraid I'll fall over. But, uh, but he's, he's been a wonderful young man. Okay, let me, I got sidetracked. I feel like this song, and it's slow, it's not fast. But can I, just, just let me sing it because I feel it. Is that all right? Praise God. Praise God. Jesus is going to minister to somebody in this house. I faced a mountain that I never faced before. That's why I'm calling on you, Lord. I know it's been a while. Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you like I never have before. Sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes a troubled sea. Sometimes it takes a desert 
presence in this house, Lord. Hallelujah. Just be seated a moment. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that music play a minute. Just to let you know I don't plan to be long. Let me take you back to when I was working at that little radio station. Just doing what I feel right now, okay? I'd get there early in the morning. I'd be on the air by 6 o'clock. Now, y'all are not going to relate to this, and it's not your fault. But you remember how fast, in such a short a time, technology has grown. And we would, I would get there in the morning, and my first job after making coffee was to open the folding Sometimes doors to a, to a closet. And in that closet sat what was known as a teletype machine. Some of you understand that. It was connected to the Associated Press or the United Press International. And all night long, it would type news from all over the world. It was type stories. And it may be from Zimbabwe. It may be from Chile. It may be from New York City. It may be. And my first job, when I got there in the morning, was to go through that stack of paper that had piled up. And I'd have to quick scan through that paper to see anything that the listeners in that little southeast Missouri town might have interest in. And I had a lot of latitude as to what, it, what I read and what I didn't read. But one thing I had no latitude with, it was my responsibility, is I had to find the latest weather forecast that had come over the wire from the National Weather Service in Kansas City, Missouri. Because, see, we were in farming country. And those farmers wanted to know. They didn't all have apps on their phone then. The newspaper was from the day before. So radio was one of the main ways they'd find out what the weather was going to do. And at least six to eight times an hour, we would be responsible for giving the weather. So with that said, my mind went, and we won't read it today, but to the ninth chapter of the book of Mark, where Jesus approaches a conversation. There was a lot of questioning going on, and what had happened is a man had brought his possessed son to the disciples that they would cast that demonic spirit out of him. But the disciples couldn't get it done. So Jesus arrived and the questioning was going on. He said, what's going on? And they told him. He spoke a little bit to the disciples and then he said, basically, we'll talk about this later. And he did. He covered that with the disciples later. But then he turned to the man and said, what? what? And the man with desperation begins. Are you still with me? 
he begins to tell him. Now, first of all, don't assume that everyone that's deaf or dumb is demon-possessed. That's not the case. But this, man, this man's son was, was possessed. And he, he, he paints such a terrible story that every time he passed the fire or, or the, the water, that spirit would... In fact, he said, it said, everywhere it taketh him. So you get this vision that, that spirit is just controlling. And I don't know the age of the boy. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But all suffice to say when everyone else's son is riding bicycles and playing ball and whatever boys do, this man's son was being controlled by a demonic spirit. What he was dealing with currently in his life had just eaten him up. Can you imagine being the father and watching your son go through that. He had reached a place of desperation. And he come for the disciples to do something about it and they couldn't. So then he, his desperation just keeps crying out to Christ. And he goes through all the issues again. He's foaming at the mouth. He pineth away. He does this. Throws him in the fire. And he says, if you could do anything, can you help us? I sang a bit ago about your cries have awoken the master. This man reached such a place that he didn't care who was listening. His current condition was absolutely controlling his life. He said, Lord, if you can do anything, can you have compassion on us and help us? Jesus, I would have thought his response would have been, you better believe I can help you. But that was not his response. His response was simply this. If you can believe, all things are possible. It really has nothing to do with whether I can do it or not. It has everything to do with whether you can believe me to do it or not. And the man said with desperation, Lord, I believe. And then honestly, he said, help thou my unbelief. Some were coming. And Jesus looked at them. And he didn't speak to the boy. He spoke to the spirit. He said, thou deaf and dumb spirit, I charge thee. Come out of him told it to never return what I came to tell you today I felt in my spirit early this morning your current condition may not be a son that's possessed with a spirit your current condition and I'm not asking for sympathy but just for so you can have an example your, our current condition is We've been dealing with disease in my wife's body for over 14 years now. Our current situation is two weeks ago she suffered a light stroke. You better believe it's on my mind. You better believe it's right here. And I may not get behind the pulpit and say everything about it because I'm preaching faith to you. 
But there are times when I'm preaching faith to you. The adversary is speaking to me and saying, you go ahead and preach faith. But you know your wife's sick. So I'm telling you today, there are mountains. There are challenges. And I do preach faith. But I live trust. Faith is believing God can do anything. Trust is knowing that God will do the best thing for you. But there are times in our lives, whether it's sickness or whether it's finances or whether it's emotional or whatever it is in your life, it just consumes us. It's all we can eat, sleep, think about. It, it's in the forefront of our mind. You go to work, you can't get away from it. You try to lay down and sleep, you can't get away from it. You try to sing a song, you can't get It's right there. It's your current condition. Now let me finish. Thank you for being patient. So I would take that weather forecast. This is where this thought first came to me. Many years ago, I was 20, 21 Lord brought it back to my memory today again. And so I walk in that little studio. And in that studio was one little window. It'd be maybe a third of the size of that window. Wasn't nearly as long, but about as maybe a little wider. That was my only contact to the outside world when I was on the air. And so I'd walk in, and I'd flip the switch. And I always, here's what you did. Don't, don't, don't check out yet. You didn't get jump right into the forecast. The first thing you do is you say, currently, on the North Bypass in Kennett, Missouri. You always started with what it was currently doing. I'd say, currently, on the North Bypass, it's partly cloudy. And 73 degrees. And by the time I'd get done talking, there were times the phone was ringing. I was there by myself. I'd get a song started, and I'm not making this up. There'd be a lady that called us about every morning. This is a true story. Her name was Miss Fanny. She'd talk real high. And she'd say, Steve, it might be partly cloudy on the north bypass, but it's raining cats and dogs on the south side of town. I'd say, Fanny, I'm sorry. I can't see the south side of town. I can only see what's out that window. There's times in our lives when we can't see the bigger picture. We can't see nothing else than what we're facing right now. It was that way for that man. And so, you know... I didn't go to what the National Weather Service said yet. I didn't need somebody in Kansas City to tell me what it's doing out my window. You don't need me to get up here and try to read your mail and tell you everything you're facing. You know what you're facing. What they needed me to do is open that mic and say, you know, it's going to remain raining for the next couple of days. You know, and I remember vividly, I can't do it verbatim, but I remember the day I read it. And it said, you can expect rain 
to continue the next couple of days. But then, Brother, Brother Harpo, it said, you know, barometric pressure's doing this. There's a front coming. I didn't understand all that. And I'll never forget, Brother O'Daniel, the day it hit me when for some reason they printed it like this. And it said, you can expect conditions to remain the same for a couple of days. And then it said this phrase, and it rocked me spiritually. I forgot all about the weather. It said, rain will continue for two more days, but so-and-so is going on. And it said this, Elder, it said, conditions are favorable for change. Oh my God, I did somersaults in my spirit. Because there are all of us today, some of us looking out the window. And we're we're so passionate as this man. When is this going to end? How long am I going to face this? How long am I going to have to stare at this in my family? How long are my kids going to go crazy? How long is it going to I can't tell you exactly how long. But I can tell you this. Your current condition is not your conclusion. That is not the end of the story. It may have been since he was a child. But when Jesus looked at him, he said, I said, come out. He didn't ask the devil to nicely evacuate. He said, get out now. I'm telling somebody in this room, I don't know exactly when, but when we walk in here, conditions are favorable for change. Something can happen in this atmosphere that will change your life, change your heart, change your mind, change your... Stand with me, please. I decided not to sing that anymore. I trust them to sing something here a moment. I'm telling you, in this atmosphere, conditions are favorable for change. I don't care how long you've stared out the window. The trouble, there's more bills than you got money. There's more trouble than you got some peace. But I'm telling you, there's an eye. We never could, I never could see that satellite. But it was way up yonder. And from heaven's point of view, it all looks different. I'm telling you, you may be looking at the current condition, but God's looking at what's coming down your way. And it may it ain't gonna rain always. It ain't gonna be Monday always. Sun it weeping may endure for the night, but joy is gonna come in the morning. I don't have a fancy last name. I don't, I'm gonna, it's even rare for me to walk out and pray that the Holy Ghost touch you. I feel it right now. I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing. I rarely do that. And you, sir, you know the Lord was touching you in a powerful way. I don't know you and you don't know me. But conditions are very favorable for change right now. Somebody that wants change in your life, I'm inviting you to come right now. If you need change, 
if you're desperate enough to say, Lord, can you have compassion on us and help me? If you need change, come right now. Don't, don't hesitate. Say, Lord, I believe. Even if you have to say, Lord, even my unbelief. But come. There's change in the atmosphere. Something's going to happen in the last few moments. I'm done preaching. But let the Lord touch your life. Let Him heal your body. Let Him forgive you of your sin. If you're a sinner here today, well, we've all been there. It's not hard to repent. When you're willing to give it all away, He'll take it all away. Just ask Him to forgive you and to wash you.